You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two follow-up questions really quick. I can't believe I'm even asking this. Do we win the Super Bowl last year without last year's rookie class? No. Is that a valid question? No, dude. Think about – think, okay. I'll Georgie just, Porgy. Okay, George, George and, Georgie Porgy and Trent were great. But the two <laughs> guys I look at, Pacheco and Jalen Watson. Pacheco, huge. Yep, and Jalen Watson. Cool. Jalen Watson had what two picks in the postseason? Yes, and then the one in the Chargers game. He had yeah, one in the he, AFC Championship, and he sealed that game. The game against two. the Jags. Yeah, you're right. You don't win those like clutch interceptions. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh round, scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He balled out the second half of the season. What are you doing without those guys? You throwing Clyde out there? Like, seriously, like, no, no. To answer your question, no, I don't think you do. That was one of the biggest storylines, and I do not think it was overblown. Like, the, that rookie class, you, you can't start four rookies in the secondary and win a Super Bowl, but that's exactly what the Chiefs did last year. It's <laughs> Crazy. Whereas I'm looking at this class, and I'm like, we can still win if none of these people play. That's um, a beautiful spot to be in, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you're right. Second question was, do you have a favorite pick from this draft? Mm. I could I could go a couple different ways with this. Rasheed Rice is the easy answer just because, yeah. you know, it's wide receiver, sexy. Um, you know, Felix is a guy we talked a lot about. I like that one. The one that kind of got me intrigued, Wanye Morris is exciting out of Oklahoma. This is a guy who started two years at Tennessee, actually played next to Trey Smith at Tennessee. He transferred to Oklahoma. His first year, he was a backup to Anton Harrison, who was a first-round pick. Left tackle. Then last year, senior, they moved him to right tackle. He's, he's, a, he's a bit of a work in progress, but there's a reason why the Chiefs really like him because he... Like technically, like his some of his like his PFF stuff, it wasn't great. Like he didn't get graded out super highly, but long arms, athlete, strong greasy as hips. greasiest hips in the draft <laughs> class. I mean, the Chiefs they went after greasy boys, and they got one. They got one of the greasiest man. That guy's got Crisco in the hips, and I love it. So <laughs> I think well, he 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 he's exciting because you may have found a long term starter at right tackle. I think there's a legitimate chance you got that. Chamari Connor out of Virginia Tech. He's not a guy that I'd spent much time looking into before the draft. And then the more on uh, the more on Saturday, I started looking into this guy. I was like, oh man, this guy plays hard. He is a downhill. He's a safety slash corner. But that's exactly the type of guy 
that Steve Spagnuolo loves. Versatile defensive back, put them all over the field. Great special teamers. You talk to some of his coaches and his teammates at Virginia Tech, they were like, he doesn't care where he plays. He'll play special teams and he'll bring it just like a do-anything guy, doesn't ever complain. He loves to get downhill and tackle ball carriers. Like I think he immediately comes in, competes for a nickel corner spot. And then next year when you have decisions to make, right? Like Juan Thornhill's gone now. We don't know what Brian Cook's future is long-term. We don't know after this year whether Justin Reed's going to be around. You're going to have to make a decision on Legereus Sneed. I just think that even if he doesn't play a ton this year, I think he'll play on special teams from day one. Even if he's not like a starter this year, come like year two, I I, I really think this guy could be an exciting piece on the back end of the defense. I just love the way he plays. He loves to get physical. He loves to hit dudes. He loves to get involved in the run game. That's exactly what you want from like this nickel corner, strong safety, however they end up playing him. I just feel like he's one of those dudes who's going to find a role just because of how versatile is and, and just how much of a team player he is. So I really like that pick in Shamari Connor. <laughs> what are you laughing at? So what I'm hearing from you is you like all the picks. <laughs> I do, but here's why is I'm not putting a bunch of athletes. Up. I saw your tweets about that. It is. If you, and, and that's something that's, it's not, a, it's no joke because it's easy to say, well, all these guys are athletes who wouldn't target athletes, but specifically they went after explosive players, guys who scored really well in the broad jump or really well in the uh, the vertical jump. Like that shows explosiveness. And explosion is a very specific type of athleticism. They didn't get a bunch of burners. Right. They didn't get a bunch of guys like Rasheed Rice doesn't run a 4-3. He doesn't run a 4-5. There's a lot of receivers who run 4-5. Not a lot of receivers who have 41-inch verticals and can squat 500 pounds. That's True. explosion. Chamari Connor, same thing. Like even the guys that BJ Thompson, the guy they drafted out of Stephen F. Austin. Like what? This dude's 6'4, 239, not exactly a premier size and weight distribution for a defensive end. And then you see his his verticals like 39. When he was at Baylor, he was doing a dunk contest with the basketball team. Explosive long athletes. They say, okay, we'll take the measurables and then we'll coach you up. We'll take the things that we can't coach, that nobody can coach, and then we'll get you in our system. We'll teach you how to actually play football. That is, that's what you get to do when you don't need guys to contribute right away. It's, hey, we don't need you to be great right away. But you have stuff, because if you're a team that's chasing Kayla, if you're the Bengals or the Bills, or yeah. if you're even even worse position, like if you're a team that's like just trying to like get over the hump and get into a competitive sort of realm, you don't have the luxury of drafting guys you can wait two, three years on. You need guys to come in and help you right away because mm -hmm. the time is now. you got to capitalize on this window. That is not the spot the Chiefs are in. They are in a great position to just sort of sit back, take these high upside dudes that they can coach up for a couple of years. And that's it's an exciting time knowing that the Chiefs said, we're going to be aggressive and we're going to draft the dudes with the most potential because we don't, we're not chasing anymore. We got two rings. We'll let everybody else chase while we go and try and make our team deeper and better. I love Never it. Never a doubt. Veach killed it That's as right. we knew he would. I am getting a little worried about the Ravens, but we'll save that for another podcast. 
Um, last question really quick, Nick. Do you think Clark Hunt would have allowed Brett Beach to trade out of the first round if they really wanted to? Because I know for a second there, people thought it might actually happen. But then I'm like, no way. We're hosting the draft. They're going to make a pick in the first round. All these people came to see the Chiefs make a pick. They're not going to not pick in the first round. But then Pete Sweeney was like, I think they might trade out. What would have happened if that did in fact take place? Yeah, I want to hear your answer first. Do you think, honest to God, and Brett Veach has answered this question every which way, and he said, you know, that a lot of that's been overblown. He would have let us trade out. Again, that's him talking about his boss. What's he going to do? Say, yeah, Clark didn't. I wanted to trade out, but Clark wouldn't let me. Of course, you're. he's the owner of the team. You can't exactly like throw him under the bus. But, and I'm not even saying he would have, I'm just curious, what is your answer? Do you think if there was a perfect trade sitting there that Clark Hunt would have been okay with him trading out of the first round? That's really tough because you're making big decisions for your team, but you're also wanting to appease the broadcast, the fans, the crowd, the hoopla of it. And I know Brett Veach has said many times, we had our wish list on our board, Felix was still there, so we took him. Um, also, I don't know how these things, these decisions get made so quickly. Like Clark's back there ready to walk out and they're just going to like, it takes me 10 minutes to write one single text. I don't know how they make these decisions as quickly as they do. Anyway. Well, you start to get an idea, right? Just to answer that question a little bit, you start to get an idea of, of what players are going to be left. And as we've said, you give first round grades to certain players and you put them in ranges. So you may say like, Hey, we're comfortable taking this guy anywhere from pick 25 to 35. And so if you have if you have Felix at the tail end of that range, you may say, you know, we're good with it, but we could probably trade back and get him in the second round and maybe get an extra pick out of it. And then you turn to Clark and he's sitting there with the ring on the Lombardi <laughs> trophy in hand. He's ready, ready to walk to out. He's ready to go. Because I, I have my answer and I and I don't know how controversial it is. And I was not, I would have given a different answer before the draft started. If Felix wasn't there, I don't know what would have happened. But the fact that he had been a name thrown around, he was in a lot of mock drafts as going to the Chiefs. It kind of seemed like a thing where they could have taken it or leave it i don't know well, it's because it's, i'll tell you this because i'll tell you this it sounds like they tried to trade up for mozzie smith out of michigan they yes. couldn't do that. like if miles murphy's there at 31 i think they're rushing to get the card in but with felix he's an interesting guy because felix is not someone i feel like they they looked at and said holy cow i can't believe he's still here Oh, what a steal. Let's get this card in. I think, I don't think it was a reach. I think it was just sort of one of those picks where you say, eh, he's still okay. there. We'll take him. He's there. He Hometown fits kid. We, Good he, story. Fits what, he fits what we need. He's in the range. It's not a reach. We could probably trade out. But then you look over at Clark and you say, I really don't want to be the one to go and tell him <laughs> that we're trading out. <laughs> And it sounds like they they would have, and and the the conversation that Brett Beach relayed on on six ten the other day was that he kind of said if they could have traded out to a more advantageous range, like if they could have traded back just like six to ten picks, they probably would have done it. But that wasn't on the table. Like it was okay. going to be mid, it was going to be like mid mid to late forties, and that was trading back too far for what they were comfortable with. I did, hear so him that's say why that. they didn't end up doing it. But I will just say this. After seeing how it played out, 
where Clark Hunt's basically clicking his heels together as he runs onto the stage with the Lombardi <laughs> in the ring on. And then he makes the pick and they zoom out and there's red and gold fireworks cascading into the Kansas City skyline. I said, okay, I have officially changed my prediction. There is a 0% chance that they were ever going to be able to trade out of that spot. It would have had to be the deal of a lifetime. And honestly, I'm okay with it. I'm only okay with it because of the pick they got. If it would have been a guy that they had to reach on that, that didn't fit into their system or to their the positions that they needed, I would have been like, come on, we could do better than that. But they got an edge rusher. They got a guy, Kayla, that we talked a lot about. I think he's a good fit. I think he's a good player. He's young. He's talented. Local kid aside, he was super productive in college. So it makes sense, but I just want to be perfectly clear. There is no way. They didn't have to draft him. Uh, there was no way they were going to be able to trade out of that spot after seeing the show <laughs> that put on with that final pick. I also, we we know Veach and Andy Reid are not going to do a bad, make a bad business decision. No, no They're gonna, no. always going to have the best interest of the team. So if it was something that they weren't comfortable with, then I think, yeah, a trade would have happened. But like you said, it would have been too far back and it didn't make sense. So everything worked out. Nice little bow. Chiefs killed another draft. It was epic. Everyone said it was one of the best drafts they've ever seen. Made me so happy. I mean, it was certainly cool on TV and it was cool for the city. So two thumbs up for me. And we'll leave it at that. Perfect. <laughs> he is Nick Schwartz. I am Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. You guys have a good one and we'll talk to you soon.